Hello and welcome again to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and we are studying the book of Genesis, and in particular, the Bible character Abram, or Abraham. We left off in our last study in uh, the chapter 15, and today we're going to start in chapter 16. But before we start, I want to tell you that if any would like to contact us, you may reach us at Pastor Eric at number 523 at gmail.com. Again, Pastor Eric. 523 at gmail.com. Now come join us as we study the Word of God. And again, we're looking at Abraham through the lens of grace. Remember, we're looking back and we're seeing how that this man who was called out by God, who trusted God, and as we walk through the Bible with him, as the Father called him and told him that every, um, all the land that he touched with his feet, that he would inherit and this would be the land that his his descendants, those children after him, would have. So as we started out in chapter 12, where the father blessed him and told him that not only he would be, a, he, he was a blessing, that he would be a blessing. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. And again, this was God talking to him about not only would, he, would, his, uh, would his descendants be blessed, but all families. And all families, as we look back, that have like precious faith, as Apostle Peter talked about in the New Testament, we now can look back at Abraham and says, all families that would uh, uh, reach out by faith and grab hold of the, this promise of grace that was revealed through to Abraham, as we find out in Romans 4. So in starting in chapter 16, we see now, well, Abram's name is, Abram, Abraham's name is now still Abram, and Sarah's name is still Sarah, and they're at a time where God made this promise to them, told them they were going to have, uh, uh, be blessed. They're going to have uh, a nation to follow them. But time is marching on. Like with all of us, time marches on. But when God gives a, com uh, uh, a commandment or a prophecy or gives you a word, he is going to fulfill it. So in chapter 16, we see a problem that most of us have when you, after you receive a word, we put God in, in man's time. The scripture says that a thousand years as is one day into the Lord. As a, uh, a, and so when we think about time, we have what's called uh, chronological time, the 24-hour day, the uh, a.m. and p.m. But God has what's called chronos time or season. There are seasons that God has designated for us and we have to we have to be mindful of the chron of of the of the time of the chronos that God of the season that God has, and if we step out of God's season or if we before, remember if we talked before, it's better for a, for a baby to be late than to be premature. Because any baby that's born premature, it must be nurtured. It must it needs special care. It needs special uh needs to be in a special environment because you have to help that baby reach up and you have to sustain it until it reaches its place of maturity. Well, when we step before God and we try to help God out, as I like to say, we always run into issues. And and we're gonna see some things today which I call traditional ways. Which, which we as a church, as we as people, as, as we have individuals, <clears throat> and when we see the word of God, and we, if we don't get the season, if we don't get the, the, the Bible calls it the fullness of time, if we move out 
of and, and go forward. We go prematurely. And you are not in the season of God. You will always have to support your, your, your baby. You will have to support that baby because God didn't call it. God, uh, if he did call it, you were pushing it beforehand. Hand. And in every Bible character that moved before time, they endured an extended season. And we're going to see this today as we study the life of Abraham. So again, let's start in chapter 16, verse number 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had in handmaid an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And in those days, many times the handmaid may be called a slave or a servant. And they were not treated, many of them were not treated as the, the uh, slaves that we're familiar with in America, how they, when blacks, or even when whites were, uh, uh, came home, there were Indians who were slaves. There were many who were, uh, well, the whites were indentured servants, but the blacks, we were slaves. And the Indians, uh, even not only were they slaves, but they, they, uh, they had slaves of their own uh, kinmen even as blacks had done, which was history says. But what God is saying here is that uh, as we studied this thing out and you see things and you said, oh, she was a handmaid. No, most likely she was a slave. She was bought and came into the house of Abraham and as a slave or as a servant, they had no rights. All of your rights were bound in the hand of your master or your, or your mistress in this case. We're talking about Sarah. But Remember this as we go forward. Not only uh, is this girl here, she's serving, but she's at the total command of the people who she's with. But also, there is a God that lives in heaven. And we all should, rem should keep that in mind. And although in America, uh, for the most part, there are, no, there are no longer slaves, but there are people who were who will bring, they will buy girls and bring them over. And now I've been told that even young boys are brought over and they serve as sex slaves. And, and not only those who are brought in, but many of them are taken off the street and used and use as such because they're homeless. And men take advantage of them. And the men and women take advantage of them and use them and abuse them. But I want to get to this young girl who we're going to see that God is going to bring her up and is going to elevate her. So here in the first verse, it says that she's in handmaiden, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar, Hagar. And Sarah said to Abraham, Behold now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray to thee, go into my maid, that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. Now, I tell you, this is one of those things I'm talking about now, about tradition. They were going by tradition. And see, we'll see this in, in other places in the Bible where the, 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 uh, the mistress had the ability to tell her servant, I want my husband, I can't, I'm not bearing children now. Or they may have children and say, we need, I, well, I, maybe, maybe I don't know what their mindset was, but the point being, they had the authority to tell that servant, now you go into my husband and bear children. And that's considered the, mist, the, the, uh, the mistress' child, because, again, the servant had no right. They may raise the child, but in that house, you, uh, the mist, there is no, but there's not but one queen. <laughs> there's not but one mistress, and the servant's not it. So, as we read the second verse, as soon as Sarah made this offer to Abraham, Abraham, we see no rejection by Abraham. But again, 
that was not what God told him. And when you, again, when we move before God, as we're going to see in this, uh, as we see in this study today, that whenever we step out before God and we go along with tradition and we don't consult him and Abraham should have went, this is what they should have done. When, when Sarah brought this to him, she should have went to God and said, Father, is this what you want? But when, when it's, everything that sounds good is not good. Everything that's good to you is not good for you. And we see here that it sounds like a good idea. And every good idea is not a God idea. And this was not a God idea. So the third verse, Sarah took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptians, and she gives her to uh, Abraham. And she conceives. And so in the, in the uh, latter part of the fourth verse, it says, And when she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. In other words, Hagar got pride. She said, oh, look at me. Look at my, look at my belly. I'm, uh, you couldn't do it, but I've done something you can't do. I've given the master a son, which you did, you uh, being a woman, but yet you couldn't fulfill and give him what he desires. And now, the fifth verse, we see that, that traditional thought, that what they thought was right is now causing Sarah an issue. Sarai an issue. And Sarai says unto Abraham, my wrong be upon you. So in other words, I know it was my idea, but this wrong going to be on you, brother. I've given my maid into your bosom. And when she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. And she said, the Lord judge, because she knew how bad. She said, the Lord judge between me and thee. She knew the desire of Abraham. She knew that all that they had, all the servants, all the money, all the riches that they had, all the favor that was upon them, there needed to be someone that come from that that would uh, that would inherit it, and they wanted. They knew God said that it would be someone of Abraham's bosom. So again, they made a decision without God. And again, I, this is what I want you to see. And as we think about this, we are looking backwards. Abraham doesn't have a Bible to reference. He did have God, but at this time, Abraham went left. And that's why I tell you, all of us, about grace and what I have to, I and you and we all as believers have to realize, sometimes you're not going to get it right. Sometimes you're going to error. We're going to sin. But yet, the blood of Jesus is, for us, the New Testament believer, we have the blood which has been applied to our life and it cleanses us. We have the word of God. Which will wash, which watches us and makes us clean. We have a sure word from God that says, "I'll never leave you nor forsake you." And this is what Abraham had. The Father made him a promise, and God was not going to break it. And that's what grace is. Abraham, if you know, if you judged Abraham by his actions, he did not deserve to have the grace and the uh, blessing of God upon his life. But because he continued in the faith. When he, when he erred, when he went left, and he didn't do the right thing, he continued. Because he trusted in the word of God. He just got back up. And that's what grace does for us. It doesn't uh, uh, give us license to sin, because nobody needs a license to sin. But what we have is the grace and the love of God. Which the Bible says, the height, length, and depth of it, and the breadth of it, none of us. If we spent eternity, could ever search out the love that God has for mankind. 
So we see here in the fifth verse, that's an issue. And Sarah is saying that, hey, we've got a problem here. And the, and because of this issue, now Sarah is saying, we got to, you got to deal with this, Abraham, because I did this for you. He said, but now in my, uh, I'm despised in my servant's eyes. And as I said before, there was going to be one princess in that house, and her name was Sarai at this time. But Abraham said to Sarai in the sixth verse, Behold, she's your handmaiden. Do as you please unto her. And, was, and when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled. In other words, Hagar left the house because now Sarai is saying, Okay, you, uh, uh, you despise me in your eyes now. You, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop the hammer, as we will say now, in, in the New Day, in the New Testament, in the New, uh, in the new Testament, in, the new, in our day. That's the language we would have and say, you know what? This is my house. And this is how we are going to do it. But if we, again, I want you to, all of us to just consider that God sees all things. God sees where this servant girl obeyed her mistress. This servant girl did the thing, did what uh, her mistress told her to do. She got pregnant by her master. Now, though it was not right for her to walk in pride, what did you expect her to do? And see, that's what the flesh will do. The flesh will rise up in pride when it sees itself elevated. And it, she should, uh, Hagar, did not, Hagar did not consider and did not remember who, who was the boss in the house, but now she finds out. And it says in the 8th verse, and, uh, and the angel of the Lord, 7th verse, brother, Hagar's left, 7th verse says, And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way of Shur. And he said to Hagar, Sarah's maid, Where are you coming from? Where are you going? And she says, I'm running from my mistress, Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Go back. In other words, humble yourself and submit yourself under her hand. Now, and the angel of the Lord said to her, now he gives her a word. He says, I'm going to multiply your seed exceedingly, that it shall be numbered for multitude. And see, these are some things, and, and, and if we consider what's being said, and why is this? Because Hagar carried the seed of the blessed one. God said that he was going to bless, even though Abraham had error, even though he had went left. And Sarah was a casualty at this moment. But instead of her being a casualty or a victim, God says, I am going to elevate your seed because you obeyed your master. You obeyed your uh, mistress. And because, and remember, we're in the Old Testament. She had no rights. She had to obey her mistress. And because when she did, in the circumstances that happened, she left. And now an angel comes to her and talks to her and gives her some directions. And this is what God does for all of us. He'll always speak to us before we go in, why, when, before you get in the mess, when you're in the middle of it, and he will show you a way out. But we have to have an ear to hear what the Bible says in the book of Revelation. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And the angel comes as the voice of God and tells her, Listen, go back home, submit yourself. He said, return and submit. She, she, could, she could have returned, but still had a Holy Spirit. But she returned and she had to submit. So she had to do these things. She had to follow in what God had told her to do. 
And when she does, we're going to see that because the angel saw her, God saw her heart. And then he goes on to tell her, he said in the 10th verse, I am going to multiply your seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel said to her, Behold, you are with a child, and you're going to bear a son, and his name shall be called Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. Now think about all this mess she's in. She's been given to a man that wasn't her husband. She's bore the child. The man's wife is angry with her. And in all of that mess, God sends a word. Again, this is why, again, we're looking back through the eyes of grace. We see that uh, if you would look at Hagar's life, you said, her life is jacked up. How can her life ever be fixed? But God's got a way. Beloved, God has a way to hear one word for God. One word from God, rather, will fix your life. One touch of God's favor is worth a lifetime of labor. One word. That's why, they, uh, as we, you read on through the Bible, you will see that the people sought a word from God because they knew, if I can get a word which meant, if, when, if I receive direction. Let's go over, uh, go over to the book of Romans 12, 12 1 and 2. Paul began to talk to the Roman. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And he goes on to say, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, you said, preacher, how does this conform to what this girl is going through? First, she had to submit herself. As, she do, as she's been told in the, uh, in the ninth verse. He said, return and submit. And she has to present herself as a living sacrifice. In other words, she's got to carry this baby to term. Not abort it. Not uh, keep going. She could have kept going and said, oh no, brother angel. I heard what you said. But I'm, uh, I'm out now. I'm out. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm stepping. I, I'm, I found, got my freedom. I'm going on. But the word said, go back and submit. And there's so much richness in this. And I don't, we don't have time to cover it this morning. But think about what, what's being said here. Humility, he's telling her, humble yourself. That's what submit means. And that's, and that's a, a, today, you said, though you spit in some people's faces, spit in our face, I'm going to say some people, we as believers, many of the times, uh, uh, believers in the, in the house of God, and I'm not talking about anybody outside, but it applies to all of us. If, if we learn again, and we come again to the altar of sacrifice and humble ourselves and say, Lord, not my will, but your will. God, show me. I got, yeah, I got myself into this, Lord. You may not have enough money to get your son out. You may not have enough money to, to uh, pay that daughter out of this situation. You, your, your child may be halfway across the street. Your husband may be gone. Your wife may have left and said, I'm never coming back. But we have to humble ourselves and say, Lord, there is, some, uh, there, there is some guilt on my part. Help me to see myself. Fix me, Lord, so that if you can change their heart, that I can receive them, Lord, with love. For love, the Bible says, covers a multitude of faults. Love will. And this is, I don't care what the situation is, love overcome. There is no power on this earth that is stronger than love. 
Love may mean you got to give up your right. Love means that you have to shut your mouth at times. Love means that you have to correct at times. But whatever it is, we go to God and say, Lord, what's your plan? So God testifies to, uh, uh, through the angel to, about her son being Ishmael and how he would be a wild man in verse number 12. And in the, thirst, in the, in the 13th verse, she begins to talk about what, she, what God said. She, she called the name of the Lord. She called the name of the Lord that spoke to her, the God that sees me. For she said, here I have, here, she said, have I also here looked after him that sees me. God sees everything that you are going through. He knows every issue. He knows whether you cause it or not. God knows whether the situation that you're in, whether you were falsely accused, whether you were put in prison for another man's sin or another woman's sin, that you were caught up, you got caught up. We all can get caught up in stuff. But God sees that. And he is able to get us out. But we have to find the plan and the path of God. We have to find that good, acceptable, and perfect will. And say, Lord, what is it? Is it, is it my time to leave and, 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 and find another path in my life? Is it time for me to leave this job? Is it time for me to change careers? Is it time, Lord, is it time for me to get married? Father, there's so much turmoil in this marriage. What, is, what, is, what, what do you want me to do? And so you can go to your friends, you can go to your pastor, but you've got to get the word. You have got to get the plan for your life. Yes, you should get counseling. The Bible says there's safety in the book of Proverbs in the multitude of counselors. But you've got to have good counselors. You can't count on the internet to give you answers. you got to get your own answers. Men will counsel you. And sometimes you can receive bad counsel. That's why we should always go to the word in any counseling that you get. Take it to the words. How does this line up with what the word says? But let's move on. So again, as we, we, we close this book, God sees her. He saw her. And she called that place in verse number 14. Berel Ahara Aroi. And uh, if we go into the, you go further, it's, it's called uh, another name of God that we learn is El Roi, or the God that sees me. Now, that's a long word. I'm not a Hebrew or Greek scholar, as you can hear, if you hear me call these words out. So, but I do know that El Roi means the God that sees me. So let's go now to chapter 17 as we, as we finish up today. And now, remember, all of this happened when Abraham was 86. Now it's been 13 years after Abraham and Sarah went left. And now we're going to see in chapter 17 some more traditions which will get you in trouble. And when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am the mighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between thee and me and will multiply you exceedingly. God keeps repeating these things to Abraham because he wants him to know, I want you and I want you to know who I am. And if we take this forward in the scripture, it says how that we should keep the word of God before our eyes. Keep it as a, uh, uh, write it upon the doorpost. And all of these things in our day, we would say we need to keep it in our ears, whether we're listening to it, reading it or singing it. Whatever the case may be, we need the word of God constantly before us because that's what's going to help us to determine or differentiate between 
truth and a lie. See, the Bible says Satan transforms himself, transforms himself as an angel of light. So to determine uh, fake from truth, we need to know truth. And I'll give you the example how that when, um, if you go to the mint factory, when they're training people how to recognize fakes, uh, fake or, or, or copied uh, bills or fake, uh, falsely made bills, they don't give them a thousand pieces of, of currency that's been uh, illegally made and say, okay, learn about these. No, they showed them the truth of the real bill, the real American currency, so they know the feel of it, the look of it, the nuances of it. So they recognize this is what truth looks like, and this is how we have to be as believers. It's not about learning how uh, the Bible says that we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, his main device is to take the word of God as he did with uh, uh, the, uh, the promises of God, as he did with Adam and Eve, and he gave them a lie. And this is what he's doing in the last days. He's giving people lies that sound similar to the truth, but because they don't know the truth, they are deceived. What did, what did the scripture say? He said, my people, the Lord said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge or a lack of truth. Because Jesus said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So we see in the 17th chapter, it says that God talked to Abraham and said, look, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. And he says, I will make a covenant between me and thee, and I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and he says in the fourth verse, as for me, behold, my covenant is with me, and thou shalt be, called, thou shalt be a father of many nations. And God did something. He changed his name in the fifth verse. He said, you will no longer be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, a father of many nations have I made thee. And he said, I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. I'm going to make nations and kings of you. I'm going to establish my covenant between you and me and thy seed after thee. And in the eighth verse, he says, I will give unto you, unto thy seed after thee, the land which, uh, Thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an, everlasting, uh, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And thou, and God said to Abram, and thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, you and your seed and their generations. And he goes on to say, he gives them now a sign of this covenant in the 10th verse. And this covenant that thou keep between me and you. Every man child shall be circumcised, and thy, and they shall circumcise the flesh of their foreskin, and it shall be, to, be a token between me and you. And he told them to tell them to be circumcised in the eighth day, in the twelfth uh, uh, verse, and he tells them the curse of not receiving circumcision. And then in the fifteenth verse he says, And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her Sarai anymore. But Sarah, Sarah shall be her name. He said, I'm going to bless her. I'm going to give her a son. And I, will, uh, and I will bless her. And she shall be a what? A mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And Abraham, what did Abraham do? Now Abraham, he, the Bible says, he, he fell on his face. And he began to laugh. And said in his heart, said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And Sarah, 
that is 90 years old, he began to laugh because he said, oh my God. I can just imagine him saying, he kicked because he's thinking about, I'm almost 100. My wife, you know, I'm dead. She's dead. He said, she'll she bear? And God said to him, uh, rather Abraham now is saying to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Now again, we bring up that word tradition. Tradition said the only the, the oldest son always inherited the promise. This is who got the blessing. Now, the younger son, the younger children, they received a blessing, but the oldest son always got the, uh, the, the majority of the covenant. He was the one that would carry the name on. <clears throat> but this is what God said in the 19th verse. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And you gonna and he shall be named a Isaac, and I will establish in my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant with his seed after him. And he said, As for Ishmael, he said, I heard you. But Ishmael is not the one. And see, what we don't want to do again, when we step outside of God and we move in our time, and we step out of God's season. We create an Ishmael. If Abraham would have waited, and I can't tell you when, if God would have had, he would have had a baby the next year. But I can tell you that when Abraham and Sarah went left, it was 13 years until God spoke to Abraham again. Abraham again. Changed his name. But it shows again another facet of grace. How that God saw him. It's okay, I'll wait. I can see the father. Okay, you, went, you did it your way. So I'm going, I'm going to show you. Because it was always in God's plan. It was always in God's plan to bring Isaac. But God was going to bring him on his time, not on Abraham's time. And he goes, and again, tradition said, and Abraham brought up tradition. And he had to learn that God will change things up on you. God will, will instead of you going left, go down to the corner, take a left, take a left, and then you get where you need to be. There are times when God said, you know what, take a right. We're going to do something different now. And this is what God is doing with, uh, with Abraham and Isaac. He's letting him know. You know things, how things used to be done. This is how I want you to do them. God established a covenant with them through circumcision. Not because circumcision would be going on forever for us. But God gave this sign to Abraham to show him this is what I want you to do for your children. And see, in our day, we, we must circumcise our heart. But in their day, God gave this to them for his sons in the flesh. Because they were born of the flesh to Abraham. And so all those that were born of the flesh to Abraham were circumcised on the eighth day. And the Jews do this until, until, uh, until now. But we, as being the children of God, the children of the promise, the children of grace, we have our hearts circumcised by Christ himself. And we are, and, and as, as we, when we receive Christ, this circumcision is on forever. Because we, we bear it in our heart, we bear Christ, and we bear the Holy Spirit in us, and it is what now assures us that we are part of the kingdom. The Bible says in, in Romans 8, in Romans 8 chapter, that he that had not the son, he that had not the Spirit of God is none of his. So if we have the spirit of God inside of us, we are now or have that spiritual circumcision 
which enables us to walk in the blessing and in the faith of Abraham. So we go down to the 21st verse. It says, but my covenant, God says, will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall buy, shall bear this time in the next year. And the Bible says God went off from speaking with him and he went up from Abraham. And as we end this lesson today, take away from this message that God and through the lens of grace was showing us about the love, the kindness that he has shown to Abraham. He has shown unto us. And if we will just keep walking by faith, I believe Abraham kept walking. He kept walking. He thought that God would put everything on Ishmael. And I can, you could just see his heart say, my son is growing up. My son, yes, the son was by the, his bond woman, by his slave, but yet he loved him as his son. And he proved it when God said, look, Sarah's going to have a baby. He said, oh my God, what about my son who's now 13 years old? But God was saying, that was your plan. This is my plan. My plan is Isaac. And the same laughter that we see that Abraham fill on his face and laugh is the same thing that he did, that his wife did. And that's why God didn't curse uh, Sarah when uh, uh, he came back again. And he spoke to Abraham and told him that uh, you're gonna be, your, your wife is going to bear a son. And Sarah laughed. And what did God say? That's what Abraham, that's what Isaac's name means. Isaac's name means laughter. Because God will make you laugh. I'm telling you, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And as we stay in God, we stay in Christ, we will see a joy unspeakable and full of glory come upon each and every one of us if we will just continue to receive the word of God, receive the promises of God, but not only that, receive the grace of God more and more and more as we walk this journey in grace. I just thank you for joining us again for this, uh, this lesson today. And we'll end this today with a prayer. Father, we just thank you for all you've done for us. We thank you, God, that you are the God of grace. You're the God of more than enough. And as you've shown us that you love us through all the things that we see in the life of Abraham, he being a, not only our father of faith, but a man of faith and a man, Lord, although he made many mistakes, as we all do, we know if we continue, we know, God, that you will show yourself strong in us. I pray for those, Lord, who are not saved, who may hear this recording, Lord. I pray, Lord, that they will give their hearts to you. The Bible says that any man will call upon the name of the Lord. He shall be saved. I pray for men and women today that they will receive you by faith and that your grace which comes, Lord, by faith is even now going into their hearts, into their minds. To those, O oh God, who are weak, may be weak in faith, I pray that they will be increased, Lord, to know that they haven't messed up, <clears throat> they haven't messed up too much. That the arm of God is too short that he can't deliver them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.